0: With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're just... And kind of chatting about the upcoming holidays and the things that we're doing to get ready for them and what's happening in the new year. We got new plans coming, all kinds of fun stuff going on. So yeah, this is a great time of year. It's a time of year to kind of remember where we've been and celebrate where you are, think about where we're going. Um, but we also want to take a moment to think about a lot of people in the world who are struggling. This is this can be a very difficult time of year for a lot of people. Sometimes it has to do with difficult family situations. Sometimes it has to do with having no family situation at all. Um, some people, it has to do with uh, they have a, a, a difficult situation with a mate or they don't even have a mate and they want one. I mean, there's a whole range of possibilities, but uh, the simple fact is a lot of people struggle through the holidays. So we wanted to dedicate this show, like we often do every year, to people who struggle on the holidays. And uh, I know you guys are thinking about them. You're coaches, so you deal with people – on a regular basis with the struggles and trials and tribulations that they go through. Um, But I guess I just want to start first off by asking you guys in the midst of all that, how do you keep yourselves up? Because you have to be in a good space, right? I mean, Cindy, you have to be in a great space as a coach in order to help somebody else. Otherwise you really can't help them.
1: Well, you know, I want to kind of, (laughs) I want to kind of make sure that we understand that coaches aren't always in a great place. Um, because we're human. And so, you know, if if I had to always be in a great place to help a client, then that would be really tough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so
0: maybe that's a little high. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think that I think one of the things that's important anyway for me that helps me, um, especially during a time when holiday spirit and cheer and happiness and, you know, all of that is sort of expected like Valentine's day, you know, single people often hate Valentine's day. Right. I mean, I know people that hate it with passion um, or have heard people post things where they really hate it. They hate that holiday or, you know, the other common holidays that people celebrate where um, we have this ideal in our, in our mind that, you know, society puts there of everything being perfect perfection. You know, the decorations are perfect and we're all happy and all the bills are paid and we have enough of everything or more than enough of everything. And lots of people that love us that are showering us with gifts. And, you know, that's an ideal and there's always an ideal. And then there's reality. (laughs) Yeah. I call that the Norman Rockwell vision. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think one of the things that helps me is to remember that, that's just the ideal, and that when things aren't ideal, it doesn't mean anything about me. That's the thing that gets people really down is they think that whatever the situation is means something. They make it mean something about them, like they're not good enough, or they're not doing enough, or they've made a mistake and things aren't perfect, or, and that's just not the truth. That's just a story that we tell. And it's compounded by, I think, by social media and the idea that we all want to look our best, you know. Um, I mean, look, we do this video live stream, Jackie and I and Walt, you know, we all show up. Look, we have our teeth brushed and, you know, Jackie and I have our lashes done, right? I mean, we show up. Of course we want to look our best. And that happens with social media where it's really important that, you know, what we post Looks good. And so that compounds, I mean, science has shown this, right? The studies they're doing now is that that the more hours people spend on social media, and I'm not against social media, but the more time we spend there, the higher is the probability that we will suffer from depression. So in a time when we're already feeling like things need to be a certain way, and then we look at the world through the lens of social media, and it seems like the world really is that way for everyone but us, right? You know, we see all yeah. the beautiful lights and the beautiful stories. And I think it's super important to realize that we're all human. We all have a gap between the ideal and reality. And, you know, you're going to get through it. And and if things are super hard, you know, it's really important to, to reach out to somebody um, for support. For emotional support, you know, and uh, that's something that used to be and sometimes still is really hard for me. Um, and I realized this, you know, 20 years ago when my marriage was ending. I, I did, I had, I realized at one point. I thought to myself, "Okay, Cindy, you need, you need, you need to reach out." You need to reach out to your, your family, to friends, people that love you, cause they're all there. And you're not reaching out to anyone. And that's what family and friends are for. And so I started reaching out to a few people and just saying, I just need some love. You know, I just need some support. I just need to, and everyone was so supportive. I mean, it was amazing. And I felt, I felt so cared for. But, you know, if you just pretend that nothing's wrong, and just stay depressed or stay worried or stay anxious, you know, then you might not get the support you need. So,
0: Interesting. You mentioned Norman Rockwell, by the way, because I did a little uh, research on him recently, and it turns out what he painted was not anything like his life at all. He actually had a rather challenging life.
1: So it was like Mm -hmm. early Facebook.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, Facebook. That's right.
2: It's, it's, you know, it's we share the highlight reels. We don't share the bloopers, and we don't share the outtakes, and we don't share the 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 sort of the we don't even sometimes even record the the non-perfect right. stuff, right? The non-highlighty stuff, right? Um, and with as much social media as there is now, I think the tendency is to believe all the highlight reels are the eternal thing, like that's 24 hours a day instead of just mm-hmm. a snippet that was good in that minute, right? And then, so when when somebody posts, we tend to think that is their whole life rather than a highlight mm-hmm. reel. And when they don't post, we assume they're living a highlight reel. We don't assume that it's, less than spectacular, right? Um, and so there's this, um, We, our brain will always offer this opinion that it has of other people's lives, and we have to have that questioned. And then um, I think that we, as humans, believe our brains way too much, And therefore, a really cool thing, like Cindy said, is to reach out. If you are seeing your life in a particularly sad-making way or it feels like, like, you know, you believe, maybe you're not questioning that you're believing everything on Facebook, but you're feeling a certain way when you've been on Facebook for a while, check in with somebody who knows you or who can accurately reflect because a lot of the time, your brain will happily bounce past all the good things that are happening in your life and focus in and pick at that one part that isn't going so well, right? So you could, for example, be on your own for Christmas, but you are loved at work or you are appreciated by your clients or, you know, you've actually had – you got through the year or whatever it is, there are things that you can turn – you literally turn your perspective turn your focus and it will help but often and i say this from myself as well because coaches have coaches for this very reason it's so hard to turn our metaphorical chin and you know if you if you're listening you can't hear see me but it's like i'm actually turning your head like turn your face look at the something differently um, because it's hard to do that when you're in it. Nice. And um and it's hard to believe it when your brain has fixated on an opinion that it's formed. And I always call this an opinion because, you know, we all live in our own construction. We all live in our own re- opinion of reality. So the idea here of changing an opinion um Often takes an outside view. In, in, in my coaching, I, I use the analogy of buying, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I, of buying a ticket to see a ballet. And if you sit in the orchestra level, the curtain goes up and you see feet, which is lovely for the balletomains who love like footwork and point and all this kind of thing. You see feet, you see the underside of the tutus often, and you'll be able to see into the orchestra pit, which my musical husband loves, and you'll be able to see it fairly close-up of the expressions, right? Um But if you bought a ticket for that same production and went up and sat in the balcony and looked down on the performance... Now the tutus look like flowers. Now you see the shapes that the choreographer has created within the corps de ballet. Now you see a very different experience of what is in fact the same show. So this is what getting an outside view can do for you. This is what we as coaches do, but this is also what a very good friend who's going to call you on your BS, right? Or, or it's, or, you know, sometimes it needs, you need a hug followed by a smack about the head and then another hug. It is because it's, because it's so hard to get your brain out of its, glass highway of a neural pathway, right? So this is how we, if you're feeling particularly miserable over Christmas, um, my first say, thought is stay off social media or stay away from the people who do only the highlight reel. Or when you go onto social media, realize that this is the highlight reel and you're you're not living the highlight reel is because neither are they actually. Right. And then (laughs) call in a metaphorical mirror, call in somebody who will show you at least one or two good things about your life. Because if you go looking for them, you will find them. And once you find them, you'll find more. But it's, it's that, it's that busting of inertia. Um, and momentum always causes friction. Remember that it's physics, right? Momentum will cause friction, which means that your brain is going to hate this idea. And that's fine. <laughs> yes. Just try it. Just go and find something. And you know, you can spout as many affirmations as you want. But if after every one your brain goes, yeah, liar. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then go and find a mirror who will help you find Something that you can believe in and you can focus on, and you will get more of that. You know, Jackie, this reminds me of, I think, I think it was when
1: I was in coaching school. I know it was a long time ago, but there was some assignment that was given. And we were supposed to reach out to, I don't know, three people, five people, you know, friends, family, somebody. And we were supposed to ask them to list, I think it was like five things about Us, Right. So it was reaching out and saying, hey, Jackie, uh, I have an assignment and I need to ask you to tell me five things you see about me that inspire you or that, you know, five great things you see about me or five strengths that I have or something. And everyone was sort of embarrassed to do it. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. everyone was sure to say my coaching school is making me do this assignment. Right. I have to to (laughs) ask this. Because heaven forbid, I would ask you myself. Right. So you know, I was thinking about this the whole time you were talking about reaching out and asking, you know, people to say, "What? What do you see good that's happening in my life?" And I kept thinking about this assignment, and now I realize—I just realized—the connection is that what we were talking about before is the 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 way we will make our situation mean something about us. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're really feeling down is because we feel like we're not worthy of a great holiday or of love or whatever it is. Or we did something wrong or something's not right. We have this something is wrong because if it was right, everything would be perfect, which we know isn't true. But we were all all of us. We were shocked at the replies that we got and people listed. I know personally I had people reflect back to me qualities. Uh, that they saw in me that like blew my mind because it was like, wow, this is what mm-hmm. you see. in me, Right. And they were, it was wonderful. And I mm-hmm. think that that's even an exercise that would be so helpful because it bypasses you thinking that your, your holiday is not perfect because something's wrong with you or you've done something wrong or something's not right. It's like, no, you are, you know, it, Things feel like this because that's part of the human experience, not because something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And so part of, part of the reaching out can even be that. It's like, I don't know, tell me something good. Tell me something, tell me something you see in me that, Mm -hmm. you know, that tells you that I'm worthwhile as a person or a friend. You'll be surprised at, at the reflections that you get from people because usually, you know we we see other people, we hold other people in higher esteem than we hold ourselves, and that's part of the work that I know Jackie and I both do with clients is the self love piece right It's like helping people have a great love for themselves
2: because that will change your whole world and so mm-hmm. that fits in here right yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's a fun thing to play with when you ask people um how they see you, how do you see me? You know what? What do you not? What do you think of me? But it's like what do you what do you what do you see when you see me? But it's also um, it can be such a a a shift in your own perspective. It's like if if, to use my ballet analogy, if your life is the ballet, then they kind of take you up to the balcony seat and they show you how they see because they aren't in it. They aren't on stage. They see it from a very different perspective. And, and this is what coaches do. And I did want to tap into something you said, Walt. Um, often, uh, uh, we, we often get this thing that if we're coaches, our lives must be perfect. Um, and new coaches, if there are any new coaches out there, please don't believe this because otherwise you'll never be a coach because your life is never perfect. Um, right. and they is there's a lovely what's lovely, it's not a lovely analogy. If you're if if you were a nurse, right, and you were driving and you saw an accident or you saw somebody fall, it wouldn't matter what mood you were in or what was going on your life on in your life. You would stop and help because that's what you do. Um, teachers, anybody who who have you know, we show up for work. And that sounds awful when when we put it in those kind of terms, but we show up for work. Yes, we have tools that make it easier. Yes, we have um, some flexibility when we work for ourselves. But at the same time, we show up because we're there to help the person that's opposite us. But what I will say is that invariably um, they will be going through something that is somewhat similar Too, because outsides are a reflection of your insides so it may not be exactly the same but your clients will bring you something similar to what you've just been through or are going through Mm -hmm. um and also there's nothing like helping somebody else to have you hearing how you can help yourself because if Mm -hmm. you go and try and cheer somebody up and you're feeling kind of like crap anyway you will hear yourself saying all these things, and your brain's going, "Hey, maybe we could try that you know? <laughs> because it sounds yes. super smart when you say it for somebody else right um and it is that it is exactly that we we become our own source of support basically um and and so all of these things is what I want to tap back into is that one of the most debilitating feelings as a human is being alone. Um, Not by yourself, because we couldn't choose to be by ourselves. Both Cindy and I are basically hermits at heart. Um, but So there's a difference. But feeling alone, that disconnection, Mm -hmm. is an enormously heavy weight to bear. And so if that's you and you're listening and you're feeling alone, that is the time, now is the time, to find out that you're not. Because I promise you, you aren't as alone as you feel. Your brain has just made it, made you believe that for this minute. Um, and it just may need just the slightest tweak of your mirror, the way you see your life, to notice where you are appreciated, and where you are not alone. And we are on an LOA show. We know that where our attention goes, energy flows. So focus on where you are connected. Focus on who actually looks forward to you showing up in a day. Um, even if that's a cat or a dog or the birds outside because you feed them in the balcony, it doesn't matter. You are not alone. Get some Get somebody who can help you see that. And by in that connection, you will help shift your perspective.
0: This is good. Um, one of the thoughts that comes to my mind, and I'm curious to know uh, how you guys think think about this in the context of what we're talking about here, is when I was about 50, about the time I turned age 50, It was about the first time that I encountered the idea that, well, that I I guess I kind of a, a year or two before that, but I encountered the idea that thoughts become things that, what I focus my attention on, becomes my reality. And within a very short time after that, I I encountered an idea that when I first ran into it, I didn't believe it. I've since learned to believe it, but I didn't believe it at the time. And that idea was I get to choose what my response is to any given situation, no matter what it is.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that means, and, and this is the part that blew my mind. It meant that, and at this time it was particularly apropos because I was quite depressed at that time. Even if I'm depressed, even if I'm feeling like the world is against me, I can choose a different response. Now, I was not in any place at all where I could tell you how to do that because I couldn't do it. I had not learned the skill yet. And in fact, I've dedicated quite a bit of time since then to learning that skill because it's a, it's a potent skill. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned this because it was so mind blowing to me. The idea that, that when, when it was proposed to me, I thought it was BS. I thought it was nonsense the first time I heard it. But then I considered the source, Abraham Bix. I said, well, maybe I should listen. <laughs> so I did listen, but I, it, it was just like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, all of our emotions are directed by our environment, by what happens to us. We, you know, something happens that's sad, we, we're we sad. That's just the way it's going to be. Well, no, apparently not. And and I, I mean, to this day, I've, I've done a lot of work on myself to be able to make those kinds of shifts. But to this day, that still is amazing to me. We can actually learn to shift our perspective in a way that changes the way we respond to a situation.
2: Yeah, seriously. I mean, if you, anybody who's read Eli Weasel's book, I mean, if you can do that in a concentration camp, yeah, we mm-hmm. can do it pretty much anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, if it's available to one, it's available. We, well, I don't want to say it's available to all, but it is a skill we can learn. Um, yes. and that, that moment of pausing between reaction and response, we are always going to have reactions and we need them. You know, you reach out towards a fire and the, and, and you pull your hand away. Yeah, that's a, that's a reaction. We need those. Um, but responses are learned and we can change them. We can, and I know this because on stage, if I am thoroughly immersed in being in character, playing that role, when the scenery falls down, I respond in that role. I do not respond as Jacqueline Gates, the actress. I respond as the character I'm playing. And yes, it takes training and it takes immersion and it takes in real life it takes a lot of deciding who you want to be what your identity is because your behavior is your identity is part of your identity Um, but there is that nonetheless uh, there's always a that nanosecond reaction but then you can choose to pause and respond instead one of the ways one of the tools that i've used
1: before in that situation Is like take the word and. (laughs) And for instance, um, the first time I thought of this, I was in a hurry. I was trying to get out of the house, uh, to go somewhere and I was cleaning up quickly and I accidentally on my way to the trash can spilled a container of coffee grounds that were wet all over the place instead of into the trash can where they were supposed to go. <laughs> and so, of course, I had a reaction, right? I had a, oh, like, ah, this is so frustrating. But I also realized that because that happened, I was going to have to quickly mop up the floor. And, hey, I was going to have a freshly mopped floor. And I wouldn't have to this <laughs> it. So I remember saying out loud, oh, I'm so frustrated and looks like I'm going to have a freshly mopped floor. And then I burst out laughing because it was like it kind of like what Jackie just said. The the response that I chose because I didn't want to feel angry and frustrated and, you know, like I was blowing it. um, The response that I chose came that nanosecond, you know, after my reaction of, ah, I can't believe this is happening. Like not today. Well, and I'm also going to have a beautiful floor and I won't have to worry about that later. And so it kind of, I kind of have like a light bulb moment over that and started using it anytime I had something where I had a reaction to it. Now that may be a kind of trite, you know, Episode that I had and I don't know that you could apply it to anything, but I actually think you could if you were intentional about it You know, I'm so sad that I'm alone this holiday and I also get to watch that movie that no one else ever wants to watch and I (laughs) Right, you know, I mean there can be it's like choosing some kind of upside to it because we know that everything has a, a light and a shadow Everything has an upside to it. If we look for it, there will be an upside to it. So I think that's an important, like Walt said, it can take a long time to learn skills like that,
2: but they're so worth it. So try it, you know. <laughs> just yeah. And you don't have to look for an upside even. You can just get to neutral. Neutral can yeah. be <laughs> It's like, you know, okay, this sucks, but it could both be worse and it could be better. So here I am. Right, you know, it is, it's, it's such an interesting, um, I think we, we give ourselves, in the depths of a reaction, it's hard to choose a response. But it gets easier with practice. And, yes. um you know, and it's, and that's another thing that coaching can help with. And, and your mirrors, your metaphorical mirrors, somebody who'll say, hey, you're doing that thing again. I do it with my mother. I don't coach her. But my mother's default reaction after being a war baby and all the stuff she's gone through in her life is that she worst-case scenarios. So you offer her anything, and she has the entire run of events to a global disaster mapped out in a nanosecond. It's just – it is – Impressive. We call that (laughs) catastrophizing. Yes, yes, right. And so I'll say to her, "Okay, so you got that planned. Now let's plan the happy. Let's plan how it we'd like it to go. You know, because it's just. But if she stays there, then then she starts to prepare, and then you're pre-paving what you don't want, right? So it's like, so yes, that's that's legit. That's totally an option. It could happen. Let's see what else we can plan to happen. What else, else might what be else. true about this, mm-hmm, right? right? And that question is what else might be true about this? So, yes, you're alone at Christmas. What else might be true? Well, um, I do have a home to be alone in, so that's good. So that means I don't, you know, I could decorate it. I could leave up my Halloween decorations for the next year if I want to. Um okay. I have a friend who is particularly in love with um, Christmas trees. She bought herself a white Christmas tree because the guy she broke up from didn't like those. <laughs> so she got, a, she got a white Christmas tree the first time, and then she loved it so much she just put pink decorations on for Valentine's Day, and then she covered it in Easter eggs, and it's still up this year. So, you know, she's left it up because she loves it and because she lives alone. This is what's true. She gets to decorate however hell she pleases. And so there are these things you don't have to look, you can go for what else might be true, which may help. And really anything that gets you out of the fixation, gets your brain out of the fixation on what's wrong will be helpful.
0: By the way, the sound of that car driving away—that was the guy who didn't like the white Christmas tree. So we're saying goodbye to him as he. <laughs> <was born. laughs> you know,
1: the, other, the other thing is that many people who struggle with the holidays have a history of struggling with the holidays.
2: Yes, right? Like this isn't
1: your first rodeo, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean. I I understand those feelings. It's like, oh, it's like I know this isn't even real. Like, this is because of society pressure and social media and all of this. So another question that's really powerful is like, okay, once these are over, right, <laughs> once these holidays are over, what do I want things to be like then? Like, yes. start looking at that. Like, what you know, what do you – what do I really want things to be like after this passes? It's sort of like when you get a, a migraine or a, a head cold, right? It's like, oh, like I'm definitely not going to go out and do any uh, big partying now with with this head cold I have. But when it's over with, what am I going to get to once it's over with? You know, because you, you've many times probably had this situation before. And sometimes even that can be really eye-opening, is realizing that there's a pattern. Mm-hmm. Right? That realize, Absolutely. right oh wait a minute like i feel like this every time this time of year rolls around and what can i do to change that because the first the first thing that causes a pattern to break is recognizing that there's a pattern yeah um and we want to you know we want to interrupt the pattern i mean that's what a lot of what we do in coaching is pattern interrupts, is recognizing that, you know, the pattern can stop, it can break, it can dissolve, and we can create uh, things that work
2: better for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, You talk about, I had to laugh, because um, just tapping into what you said, I have a booster shot for my vaccine scheduled for the 31st of December, right? I'm finally able to get one. And I felt like death after my second after my last two shots. So I was saying this is not how I want to start the new year, but it's only gonna get better, right? I know <laughs> the third or the fourth of January I'm gonna feel fabulous. And so it's so yeah, it was it's um it is the pattern interrupt do what you can with what you have to get yourself looking at it differently. Because then you, know, you might even yeah. I mean,
0: when you when you get the vaccine this time, the, the booster shot, you may not have that reaction. Maybe you'll I actually may come with a vaccine reaction.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know? Yes, and that I also cool. might just milk it for all it's worth and spend my entire <laughs> day on the couch and do yeah. absolutely nothing. So,
0: yes.
2: <laughs> Don't you dare rob me of my opportunity. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, all these possibilities are, are, are true. So, but it is, it's kind of a fun thing because I was thinking about that. It's like, geez, what a way to start the new year. it's like, yeah, but it's only going to get better. So, that
1: you, mean,
2: you know, I'm going to clear my calendar for five
0: days. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, funny like, when, I like you. You were talking, you're talking about feeling
0: depressed. When you're f- f- talking about feeling depressed and, and uh, not going for something high, just going for something neutral, it reminds me where I was um, when I was in that depressed state. Neutral was even too far away. I was going for irritable. I figured that was a step upward, you know. Yes, <laughs> it was. Anything and it was. Like just like,
2: yeah, uh, you know, whatever it looks like progress, uh, we can't. The quantum leaps can be are, are delicious, but they are overrated. Um, a little tiny shift can change your entire trajectory. Well, it's and important to remember just that. Just ask road. anybody who plays golf. An, <laughs> eighth of an inch of a change in the head right. of your golf club will change whether you hit the clubhouse or actually hit the fairway. So yeah, <laughs> so it's, true. It's, yeah, it makes an enormous difference. That
1: very that very, lowest of that. Of, that very level lowest of energy is always that of feeling like a victim like we don't have power, we don't have control things are happening to us we don't like what's happening to us, and the level up from that is actually conflict energy it's mm-hmm. the you know it's the okay, I'm instead of moping and being like things are so bad, there's nothing I can do about it. the next level up is I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to mm. change this, right? And that's not a great, yeah. you know, con- mad as hell isn't a great energy level to be in all the time. I don't want to live there, but you know what? It's a step up
0: It is um,
1: despair, right? So, yeah, so sometimes you're right. Well, that's a really good analogy. Is that sometimes it's just working your way up and it may be another emotion that's not feeling too great either, but you know what? It feels a little bit better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's almost it like is. a sim- there's some justice in it. Like, oh, well, hey, yeah. you know, I have reason to feel irritable, but yeah. I feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, something else that also occurs to me, we've been referring to people who are alone for Christmas, but that's not the only kind of, of depression issue or being, feeling down issue during the holidays, of course. The other kind is tied to being with family you really don't want to be with. You know, Uncle Henry comes over and we all know how Uncle Henry is whenever he comes over for Christmas. You know, that kind of thing. That can be a challenge as well. How do we deal with those? I suspect the answer is pretty much the same, but nevertheless, we got to bring it up.
1: I heard someone questioning whether all the people that were deciding to stay from home from holiday things, um, was just, were just using Omicron as an excuse, right? It's like, <laughs> I, don't I don't think that's the case. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that, that goes back forever. It's like, it's not a new thing for people to be, you know, uncomfortable going to family events with family that they either don't get along with, that their politics are different, that, you know, there's been forever, right? I remember when I was a kid hearing people say, don't talk about money, sex, politics, or religion, because all of those are going to get you in trouble. It's like, what is there to talk about, right? (laughs) (laughs) The weather. You spend four hours discussing the (laughs) (laughs) weather. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that can be that can be difficult. I think just um, just knowing that there are so many. And I think social media has done this. Like you can go on social media on Twitter or somewhere and hear other people all talking about the same thing. Like you just said, Walt, right. You had like a little vignette. It's like, oh, you know, Uncle So-and-so is coming and he's always just a pain to be around. Um I think the realization was that like almost every family has these situations. <laughs> it's like you're mm-hmm. not yes. the only one. So, you know, um how how long is the dura- duration of this thing that you have to be at? Is it a couple of hours? You know, I've used this expression before. A friend, uh one of my best friends that they flip houses, so they're and they live in them while they do them. So they'll move into a house and then completely gut a bathroom or a kitchen or whatever. And she always says, well, you know, it's only going to be for a couple of weeks. I can do anything for two weeks. So I can live without a kitchen sink for two weeks. You know, I don't want to do it forever, but for two weeks. So, you know, what, how can you deal with it for two hours? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what can you bring to the party? Right. What can you, what can you bring? One time, you know, I remember going somewhere with somebody else's family um, when I was about 20 and it was my first realization of, Oh, Not uh, I'm not the only one that's had a family gathering where there was either a fight or, you know, people were upset about something or, huh. It happens to other people, too. And I remember we just made this decision. Okay, we're just going to go. And if we're uncomfortable, we're just going to get up. We're going to kiss and hug everybody and say we got to run.
0: Love you. <laughs> <laughs> nice strategy. I like that one. You know, <laughs> and
2: it's same, this taps back into the beginning of our conversation that Uncle Henry actually might be the perfect opportunity to choose to respond rather than react. Yes. Mm. So, like you know, and you can prepay that. If he starts waffling on about, have I told you the story? And everybody goes, yes, you have. And then he sits and grumps for the next hour and a half. Maybe this time to say, you know, do you have a maybe we'll listen to the story or maybe we'll say, yes, you have. And we thought it was amazing the first time we told, heard it, you know, or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, it's these things. I mean, I know for myself, I tell the same story over and over again because my short-term memory is like an eighth of an inch long. And so <laughs> it's, it is, it is a case of, Tell me if you if I've said this before, and people will say, and then I, I choose not to feel <laughs> rejected by it. But it is this, it is a thing that we can choose how we respond. And Dracindy, like you said you choose not to get into the fight. You choose to kiss and hug and say we're going to leave, right? Um These are the these are the, the the choices that we can make in advance, especially if it's something that comes up pretty much every year. And, you know, I mean, uh, um, my daughter is a, is a master at, at, um, navigating tricky bits of conversation. And she'll do that and say, you know, that's a really heavy topic for right now. Let's talk about something else. How are, you know, how are you doing? Um, you know, it's like, this is, this is the Christmas table. Let's not do politics today. I love going on to yeah, let's just do this. And, and she does it so naturally. I was watching her in one of our gatherings and thinking, gosh, that is such a skill. Um, and, and it is, it's just like saying, you know, we love you and this is not the time we want to have that conversation because we all know how it goes. Yeah. And they all go, yes. And then you go, okay. So how about, have you seen that latest movie or whatever it is? Right. And these are the things you can discuss. So. Um we can choose a response that is different to the usual reaction. But, Jackie, I love what you said there where you, you
1: said, you know, this is kind of a heavy topic and we're celebrating this holiday. And I really want to know how you are. Yes. Right. Like, I really want to talk about how you're doing. Um, because the whole idea of us getting together with family is to show that we love each other, right? Like we're family, we have differences, but we're gathering together because we care about each other to whatever degree, right? We're here because we care. So to say, you know, but I really want to, I really want to ask how you are. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's your job been like lately? You know, how do you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that is a beautiful, beautiful segue out of a conversation you don't want to have. And into showing care for someone.
2: I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes an enormous difference. And, and it doesn't matter how much of a Grinch somebody is. If you (laughs) point the attention back at them, they will come out of it. They will. People, people like to be recognized and people need to be acknowledged where they are as they are. And it makes an enormous difference. And I, and you know, um, something as simple as just recognizing that somebody brought all the dishes to the kitchen can change how they how they feel about the family, you know, dynamic at the table. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's all it's a, And I say that because I remember getting into a fight with my brother and being sent to the kitchen, and I decided to pick up some plates and take them with me. Um and my mother went, That was really nice of you. I appreciated it. And it was like, Oh, oh, so you don't hate me for hating my brother at this, in this moment, which I did. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, yes, that was fine. And it kind of, it just dissolves it all and brings us back to what really matters, which is the fact that, you know, we actually do love each other.
0: I love what you guys are talking about here, because as I was thinking about it, the example that I gave earlier, the Uncle Henry, I actually, for a brief time, played the role of Uncle Henry over the weekend. I didn't realize it at the time, but that's what I was doing. <laughs> and the way it worked out with my, it, it was with my nephew. My nephew is, is a, he, he's very politically motivated, um, very left-wing, uh, pro-labor. He's, he's, he's a Bernie Sanders type liberal. And okay. as far as he's concerned. Everybody else in the Democratic Party, let well, well, alone the Republicans, we won't even go there. But everybody else <laughs> in the Democratic Party is a terrible, terrible person. It's only Bernie Sanders. There's nobody else. And uh, I guess the one person that he started harping on was Hillary Clinton and uh, how she, her politics are terrible. She's a terrible speaker, terrible this. I said, well, wait, 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 wait. She, you, say what you like about her politics. She's not a terrible speaker. She's actually a very, very good speaker. She may not be the warmest person in the world, but, hey, she knows how to, to convey ideas ideas. She's very intelligent. Oh, he couldn't take that one. That was a bridge too far, as far as he was concerned. He started challenging me with stuff and everything. My wife turns to me and says, okay, boys, let's calm down here. He says, I can't talk to him. And he storms out of the room. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I look at Louise. Louise looks at me like, well, did I did that? <laughs> 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 well, apparently I did without realizing it. Apparently I set him off. I had no idea I was going to set him off. And so that I, was the I thing, tried-
2: yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, and we, we don't know. Because we, especially if we gather... Um, occasionally, right? We actually mm-hmm. don't know. We, we love the person, but do we know them? Do we know what's going on in their lives? If we haven't seen them for a year, then no. Or if we haven't seen them even for a month or a week, we
1: mm-hmm. don't know
2: what sets them off and we don't know what sets, sets them off. What, what will, what will activate a certain response? And so that's, you know, that's what you just kind of have to go, well, I didn't realize that that would be, but we're all entitled to an opinion. And our opinions don't match right now. So let's talk about yeah.
0: what does. So that's what? what I ended up doing. I ended up looking for, okay, so how can I find a way to rebridge <laughs> the gap here? Yes. And later on, we're out to dinner. And I realized I had an opportunity because uh, I don't remember exactly how we got to the conversational point. But we were talking about um, food on television. And, and my nephew's very much into food. He, he's actually a, a very accomplished cook. Um, he's never studied to be a chef. He easily could be. He's, he's definitely skilled in that way and very interested in alternative foods, in alternative ways of putting things together, very novel, very unique. So uh at one point in the conversation, we're talking about people presenting food on TV. And literally earlier that day, Louise and I had seen an old episode of Julia Child.
2: Oh, my you know, Lord. Amazing. Doing Julia it.
0: Child thing. And it was a, it was a great episode because at one point in the episode, she was, what was it she was doing? She was, um, making some sort of, uh, pastry or something. I can't remember what it was. And she was talking about how, um, the, the basic material had been in the freezer and is full of butter. And so you have to kind of break it up. And and so you have to kind of beat it up a bit. She takes a stick and starts beating the thing on the counter. And then she, pulls out a, a, a standard rolling pin. She says, and as for this, this isn't going to do you any good, so you must well just throw it away. And she literally throws it into a trash can. And I'm <laughs> telling this to my nephew, and my nephew just bursts out laughing. And from that point on, the whole conversation shifted to a much happier place. Yes. So fortunately, I found a way to, to bridge the gap again through something that's very important to him, food.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think and that takes time, and it takes a desire to do that because you yeah. were – looking for a way to bridge the gap. Yes. yes. And that makes a difference. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, you know, and this is why we have friends is to make up for family. So it's, it, you dumb,
0: so it. Always,
2: I'm being <laughs> flippant, but it is, you know, the people that you are born into being with, um, don't have to be your first choice of company. They really don't. Um, we like to, it's, it's one of the tropes of humanity that, that, that is, you know, that is the case. And you, you can have my full permission to not love all your family members. You can have, you can have honor them and they're part of your lineage, but it's not, blood ties are not a requirement to love someone or. You're loving my head. Yes, time you know time. what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> you have permission to choose not to go to the gathering. That is the other part. Is that you can choose not to go. You have that sovereignty, and you can weigh up your responses and say, "What are you going to to do?" Like I will say, my my son um, is a bachelor. Um, Really very, and I can see him, I can see his grandfather in him. He's very particular about how things are in his house, which means my grandchildren, age three and five, have never crossed the threshold Uh. because he just can't, he's not willing to have that kind of randomity in a space that he's created. So he goes to visit them, and after about two or three hours, he will stand up and go, I'm going home now. And we all know that it's just like he has reached his level of toddlerdom and he's going to now go and decompress at home. And right. it is, you know, we have to allow that. My my, my daughter, it's not her favorite thing because, you know, um, she, she wishes that he would just sort of, I don't know, stay and play and, you know, enjoy the kids. But it's not who he is. Um, I grew up with a dad that never played with us. We, he wasn't really interested in us until we got to about 12 or 13 and we started having conversations. My dad was all about conversations. Um, and so when we started making puns or having witty comments or laughing at the same kind of Oscar Wilde, you know, clever scripting. That was when he got interested and that was where he shared his love of words and cross uh, crosswords and scrabble and all this kind of thing. But the roughhousing in the garden never happened, ever. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't that kind of dad. Um, my husband ended up being much the same kind of dad and my son is that way with his nep- niece and nephew. Come Come the time when they start being interested in – gaming or uh, model building or whatever it is he's going to be there and so devoted but in the meantime he honors his way and he honors that they are not not they aren't something aren't at a stage where he wants to spend a lot of time with and I love the permission that comes with that in fact it's been quite an eye-opener for me too is to say because I'm an old lady. (laughs) I find three-year-olds exhausting. This is why you have your kids when you're young. And um, and I will say, you know, I love you dearly. And I'm going to make sure that I visit for three or four hours. And then I'm going to come home. Um, And that's it. And we have the best time. Because Which, by the way, is the best to... thing
0: about being a grandmother, right? When you're a grandmother, yeah. you actually get to enjoy the children without having to deal with all the stuff that comes afterward. Yes. Okay, absolutely. I get to go home now. You know, so <laughs> yeah. okay. you to take care of this.
2: I Yay! <laughs> I know, right? It is, but it. But I, I do want people to to realize that um, you are entitled to enjoy your festivities in any way you please. Um, And yes, it'll take some navigation with the people who love you, but that's worth navigating and it's worth choosing a response instead of the usual reaction. Some of it has to
0: do with, some of it has to do with navigating with yourself too. Yes. As an example, I'll I'll just point to myself and say, I have a very strong feeling inside of myself that even though I often don't want to, I will always go with my wife to visit her family because I feel Mm -hmm. like that I should be there. Yes. Even though there are, there are times where I really don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But there's that part of me that says, yes, I really should be there. And I, I, I can imagine that, that a time could come where under a certain circumstance, not only do I not want to be there, it actually feels like a bad idea for me to be there. And when that time comes, I have to have in some way prepared myself so that I can break the pattern because mm-hmm. that pattern is pretty strong by this point.
1: Yes. Right. Absolutely. It, yeah. It's it it what it to do great. with values though. Like the reason why you go when part of you doesn't want to go is because you have a value around fill in the blank. You have a value right. around supporting your wife. You have a value around family. You have a value right. So it's like whenever we have part of us disagreeing <laughs> or like we say, Well, I I I really want to stay home, but I would feel guilty, right? Mm-hmm then that guilt is showing you that you have a value attached to it. So what yeah. is that value? And once we discover the value, oh, well, I really have a strong value around family and around being there for family around showing up. It's like, well, either you let that inform your decision and you feel better about it. Cause it's like, you know, as much as there are parts of this that I don't like, I really do have a value around family. And I want to Mm -hmm. be the person that shows up that will shift your energy and your perspective. And you know, when you're, when your intention is different and your energy is different, you show up differently and people feel that like, well, when you, you know, when your nephew stormed out because he just can't talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then you had an intention to connect and that Mm -hmm. energy can be felt right. It can be felt by the other person. So there's either, Either that value informs you of your decision and you decide, yeah, you know, I am going to go. I have a value around family and around showing up. As annoying as, you know, Uncle Henry might be, um, I'm going to still show up. Or you say, I have a value around family and around connection. How else can I honor that value? Maybe I won't go, but I'm going to send flowers or I'm going to, you know, what other thing can I do to honor the value? That I have. Yeah.
2: And that's exactly what my son does. He honors family. He has a huge family value, right? right um, yeah. So he doesn't show so up. He never, he never doesn't show up. But there are parameters around how long he stays. Yep. And, and that's the piece that that we navigated, you know, and, and that's, a it it is about the value. We are a family. And we do hang out together. And, and he, he chooses a time and he'll say when he's leaving. And, and that's how it is, you know, and it's, and it's, it is, uh, I think we forget how important communication is communication, talking to people, talking to the people you love clearly, honestly, um, in response can make all the difference. Because if you know, I am, I am far more comfortable these days saying to my daughter, I am really tired today. So I'm going to be going home a little earlier than we anticipated, which is so much better than arriving and thinking, Oh my God, I am so tired. I wish I could just go home. And then there's that feeling throughout the visit. Right. So this is, this is how we, how we navigate and communicate our navigation. And so I think. It's the same with just saying, you know, if somebody brings up a topic and everybody everybody's spine starts to straighten and the heckles start to come up, then you're going, okay, this is Christmas Day or this is a family gathering. Let's leave that conversation for the moment and try another one. And if you do happen to jump in with both feet um, and somebody <laughs> explodes, then you go and find something and say, look, I know you two don't agree on or we don't agree on this particular thing, but – we are family, let's go, let's go and find something we do enjoy. And, you know, I, I, again, tapping it back in, I do care about you and I want to spend time with you.
0: There's also another piece of this too, that occurs to me, and this is actual real world, uh, because, um, same family, my sister-in-law's side of the family, um, on those occasions where we go to visit them and her sister-in-law's side of the family is also there, uh, to be honest, I don't have anything in common with them. I I have a hard time finding anything at all to talk about with them because our lives are just so, so different. And I kept quiet about that for the longest time until finally I said to Louise, "I, I just don't really want to go to those. If it's going to be just you know, your immediate family, you know, your brother, your, sister, your sister-in-law, sister other kids and so forth. That's great. I just don't want to be there when her family is there just because there's nothing for me to talk about. It's boring. She said, boy, I'm so glad you said that. I feel the same way. <laughs> we hadn't actually <laughs> talked about it at that point. And from that point on, we Louise actually makes it a point whenever we're talking to him. Well, you know, we, we really just want to come visit with you guys. We don't want to get in the larger crowd. Can we arrange a time when we can be with you guys? So it actually, it, it paid off to okay. bring up the subject.
2: yeah. Communication will always pay off, even if it doesn't seem like right in the minute, um, because, you know, you're just, you're being authentic. You're being you. Um, and people will have their reactions, and you can see what that is, and then navigate accordingly. But hopefully they'll also pause and check in with the reason and the, the value that you're honoring by having the conversation. Um, you know and and it is it is it's such an interesting thing that um our families are so much part of our lineage, but they are they they don't always keep up with how we change, in other words, they see us as we've always been mm-hmm. without i remember seeing my i remember my mum coming to visit um when I was yeah, you know, I, I got married so early and I'd had a home of my own for about five or six years before the kids arrived and then the children came and my mom would come and visit and she would like automatically start doing the mom things and I would say to her mom this is my house I'm in charge here you know and and she she'd always just chuckle and go yeah it's a default sorry um, but but if I hadn't said Yes. I would have let that, that resentment fester, right? And it would have been, yes, she just comes and takes over. Um, and so it was much easier to just, just lightly and playfully say, Hey, <laughs> this is that I am not, I am not your 12 year old daughter anymore. You have to you know, let me get on with my kids. <laughs>
0: oh my God. You grew up. Um, what happened? <laughs> I know,
2: right? Uh, but it is, and I find myself doing it the same thing. You know, I'll 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 go into my daughter's kitchen and I'll pick up a cloth and start wiping a counter and I'm going, oh, sorry. It's not that I'm like, saying, hell, you don't clean your kitchen. It's just it's so automatic that I'm in a kitchen and I wipe things down. And then I will talk to her about that and she'll go, oh, well, thank God, because I was about to go, oh, she thinks I don't look after my house. You know, it's that <laughs> kind of thing. So communication will generally dissolve most things. And if they don't, at least you've got information that you can work from.
0: So true. I think that
1: most conversations don't, aren't as difficult as we think they're going to be. No, that's right. We create a lot
2: of difficulty that we don't need to.
1: Yeah, like the what you just said, you know. Walt is that Louise was like, "Oh, I'm so glad you said that." I felt the same way. It's like you didn't expect that, you know. And Not at
0: all.
1: <laughs> we don't expect it, but they usually work
2: out a lot better than we think they will. Mm-hmm.
0: That's Unless, to, to and we can prepay
2: that for sure. It's mm-hmm. going to be better than expected,
0: particularly for the things that we're afraid of that we uh-huh. don't really want to That's because we have this this you know irrational fear that, oh God, that's going to work out so badly.
2: Yeah, and that's just an opinion that your brain has formed for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You can question it.
0: Well, hopefully we've been helpful to those who are dealing with uh, the stresses and strains of uh, the holiday season. But in the meantime, I want to wish all of you guys and your families the happiest of holidays. And uh want to wish the same thing to all of our listeners everywhere. And thank you very much for continuing to be listeners. And we're looking forward to doing it again in the new year. And with that, we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Thank you. Bye, everybody.